last Sunday, the first Sunday of Lent, we heard the, the event in Christ's life, his temptations in the desert after the Lord spent 40 days in prayer. And we see in that gospel, we saw in that gospel how the evil one can tempt all of us, but in a special way, we see the example of how he tempted Jesus. He wanted him to use his messianic power to, uh, he knew, to change stones into bread, to honor the evil one because he wanted to give him all his kingdoms. And ultimately, he wanted that the evil one would acknowledge, worship him, worship material goods, worship power, worship things which many people do, we see today in the world in which we live. People go after things, worshiping that which they can benefit from, aggrandizement, whatever it may be. But that was the first Sunday. The first Sunday is inviting us to stand strong, basing our life on the Word of God. As Jesus at that time spoke to evil one using quotes from Scripture, not by bread does man live alone. No, you shall worship your God alone. And, and today, what we have in our gospel is an invitation, and the readings is an invitation to accept the Lord in faith, accept him who has revealed himself, to accept him, to follow him, to follow him from this earthly kingdom into the heavenly kingdom. And what is required from us is faith accepting God's word, accepting God's word as truth, that God, when God speaks to us, it's not just words of symbolic meaning. No, it's the real truth, the truth. And this is why the readings today take us first through the book of Genesis and Abram. Abram being from a place, you know, historical place, or Basra, the present-day Iraq. There he was from there. And as the scripture says that I am the Lord your God who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as a possession. There is Abraham looking up the sky and he sees stars. And the Lord says, I shall, you shall have descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky. And then, but Abraham, Abraham says to, to the Lord, but how is it possible? I'm already an old man. I'm not capable, my wife is too old. How is it possible? And, and the Lord is inviting him to faith. But then Abraham still, yes, he was moved by God. He followed him. He followed him from Ur, the land of Ur, to Babylon, then ultimately to Egypt. He's following him. He hears the whisper within his own heart. And God is promising to him that if you are faithful to me, I will bless you. And yet Abraham wants to do something which many people at that time did. Today we establish contracts, business contracts. We know memorandum of understandings. We want to make sure that whatever we do is, you know, sign on a dotted line. You 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 have to do this. You have to do that. You you know, you enter any labor, you still have to sign an, an agreement, some form of agreement. 
there at that time, during the time of Abraham, 4,000 years ago, they wanted to have what is called covenant relationship. Okay, this is what you'll do. This is what I'll do. And so here's Abraham. Abraham is asking the Lord, okay, I do believe in you, but I need signs. I do believe in you, but I want to, I want to see something that you will manifest to me. And so there it is. Uh, the Lord is inviting him. He says, I will, I will participate in this, in this covenant relationship. Okay, bring me three-year-old heifer, three-year-old she-goat, three-year-old ram, turtle dove, young pigeon, and offer it to me. But do not start the, uh, the fire. Do not start. You bring it to me. You place it there. And, and uh, this is what in Abraham, in his own heart, he's placed, placed there. And then he enters into a, into a trance, spiritual presence. It's night already. Nothing happened during the day. But at night, in this dark uh, moment, what he sees is a, is a flame, a fire like a pot and flame entering into the very midst of the two halves of the, of, of the offering as he split the animals into two. And so it is the Lord God who uh, initiates that fire and, 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 and the fire is consumed. We have the offering. This is the establishing of that covenant relationship. But th th what was the purpose? God wished to say this to him, if you accept me, I will promise to give you a kingdom. I promise to give you everything you desire on this earth. It was an earthly type of promise. And so he accepts. And this was that, as we know, the covenant relationship between God and Abraham. Abraham who believed, but he wished to have a covenant established. So what we have is here is, is a man, is a human person who's seeking something that goes beyond. And this is why Abraham is known to us as someone who believed first, accepted first, because that's how it happens. We cannot establish a relationship with anyone unless we know that person. And so he accepted God. And then the covenant relationship followed, the promises of God followed. And we know that the, the, the Abraham and his descendants became numerous today. If we look at all the nations that came from Abraham, all the people of the Semitic race, numerous as they are, but not only that, it's those who of us who follow and accept God of revelation. And so we're talking about billions of people who accepted this God who has revealed himself to Abraham. But there's more here to us. What we have is the Lord is inviting us today to embrace another form of a covenant relationship, and that is accepting the Lord Jesus and the covenant that he established with us, the covenant that he offered, as St. Paul says, offered through his sacrifice, through, through, that, through, the, through the blood of the cross. But not only that, but also the salvific gift that he gives us through, through participation in that, in that covenant. And it's by baptism. By baptism, we, were, we have been invited to enter into that covenant relationship. Do you believe why you're here at the very beginning? What do you seek? I seek faith. I seek baptism. I seek to be united with, with God. I seek to be 
member of his church. I, I seek to be transformed by that baptismal waters into becoming son and daughter of God. What do you seek to be forgiven? All that which is a preparation for us for eternal life. So what we have today in the gospel is we have something special. What is that something special? Is Jesus invites Peter, James, and John. Those are the three of his disciples who are witnesses to his transfiguration like today. And we know they're also witnesses to his suffering in Gethsemane. They're the ones. So they're invited. And, you know, I have to say that, you know, the, the, the whole experience of being on Mount Tabor, which that's where the mountain of transfiguration is, uh, I had the privilege and joy of being in the Holy Land once in my life, 1999. And I do remember being on Mount Tabor. It's like a plateau, and all of a sudden, this mountain rises. It's not really that big, but it looks big because it's 1,800 feet above that flat land. And it seems like it's pretty, pretty, pretty uh, uh, sharp. And so the buses can't get there. Buses can get there. So the buses park, and then we have the um, cars, you know, at that time, you know, it's all Mercedes Benz driven by, by Palestinian uh, Arabs. Maybe, maybe, maybe even perhaps are Christians. I do not know, but they were racing from that place of the parking because they could only take four people. If you have a bus of 50 or two buses or 100 or 150, you have to know that you have to. You can only take four people in a car. So, so there's a line of cars driving as fast as you can up the hill, the serpentines. And then, and then, and then, you know, you have to watch out because the other ones are coming down at the same speed, you know? So it's like, you know, we're being, you know, swished from one side to the other, being driven up to this mountain. And, you know, but can you imagine if it wasn't for the Mercedes Benz being driven up there, you have to walk up there. And so Jesus, together with Peter, James, and John, are walking up to that, to that mountain. So by the time they got there, it seems like Peter, James, and John are always too tired and falling asleep. And they're not doing anything except just, you know, like all men are. You know, I should say males, perhaps. You know, so, so what we have is, is there, there on the mountain. And so what does Jesus do? He goes and prays. And they are falling asleep. Just like in Gethsemane too, you know, falling asleep and he's praying there. And so it is during this prayer, we see Jesus during this prayer, he's transfigured. His divinity has been manifested in human, in human form, his divinity. He's no longer just another human being. He's the son of God and that the divinity is manifested to those three and they wake up. They see something unusual. There's, there's Jesus. There's two more people there. You know, they're trying to probably clear their eyes. What's going on? And, and they see in Jesus, this is his clothing and his face all become light. Light is the divinity. We, it manifested to us. God is seen as light. And so there they are. And they are, and they're seeing. And what they're seeing is Jesus speaking with two. They recognize Moses. They recognize Elijah because it was part in synagogue. They would have images of Elijah, of Moses. They would notice. They would know who they are. So what's going on there? Peter says, okay, 
I, I, I want to do something here. I want to do something here. I want to make this a place of memory, tent, build a tent, being again a place where this will, will, will create a type of living memory for them. There's Jesus, transfigured one, the, 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 the shining with divinity, and then Moses and Elijah. And what are they t t discussing? What are they discussing? Uh, they're discussing, conversing with Jesus about, about the exodus that he is going to accomplish in Jerusalem. The word exodus is the leaving. Leaving exodus meaning to go on the road. What is that road? Going to Jerusalem. So they're discussing Jesus's journey to Jerusalem to offer himself, to die for us, to rose for us. This is what Elijah and Moses are discussing with Jesus. Moses, again, representing the, that, that relationship with God and re revealing God, who God is through the covenant relationship, again, of, of holiness, 10 commandments, the, rela the relationship of what we are to do to accept God and our, our responsibility for that relationship. And, and, and Elijah is the prophet, the prophet who fought. He was also the one who, who did something similar like Abraham, the offering which he manifested to people who did not believe. He was the only prophet of God. All of them departed. All of them followed the, 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 the path of idolatry. He was the only one. And he also established that covenant reminding the prophets that God is the only true God. There's no other. And he also invited God to to uh, to to uh, to ignite that that's offering. He poured water on it. He poured water so that no one would believe that that he could actually offer this this uh, this uh, sacrifice, and the fire would come. So, but Elijah is the one is a prophet. Is a prophetic tradition. Moses is the law prophet. You know the the the, the tradition of the law itself, which means a relationship of commandments, of expectation, but God will be there if we are faithful to him. And Elijah is the one who, who uh, not only did he manifest God's power present to us, but also that he was the one who ascended into heaven, as you know, and then he'll come at the end. And Jesus interpreted his coming through the, uh, through um, St. John the Baptist. But at any rate, what we have here is this. We have Jesus, Moses, Elijah, discussing the plan of salvation through Christ's suffering and death. And immediately before this transfiguration and after transfiguration, Jesus speaks, the Son of Man must die, must suffer and die, and on the third rise again. And so the Lord is giving these three apostles, which we will, we will see later, he gives them the knowledge of who Jesus is, and that they can place confidence in him, even though he has to suffer and die, and that in that suffering and death, that, that they will know that he is truly the Messiah, the Lord, the God who has been given to us as an atoning sacrifice. And so, and then subsequently what we see here is there's not only that that the uh, the three disciples see this extraordinary gift, but they also, I mean, see Jesus transfigured before them, but they also hear the voice of God the Father. The cloud comes over, and, you know, cloud, and this is the words, this is my beloved son. 
the chosen one, listen to him, follow him. God the Father gives witness to Jesus and to his mission of salvation for us. Now, if we were to look at these readings, what is the Lord inviting us to do? One is to listen to him, to believe in him, to know that he wants us to take us from this earth to a, to a promised land. He wants us to take us to his king, to his kingdom. That's what he's inviting us, to believe in Jesus, to believe so much that by no matter what takes place, whether it's sufferings or death, no matter what takes place in our own life, they will accept him in unfaith. He's inviting us to also believe in another transfiguration, which is taking place here. Bread and wine is transfigured. If you say, we can say transubstantiated, using the proper words, or change into the body and blood of Christ. No longer this bread is transfigured before us here today. We have to close our eyes to see it, to know, because what the Lord says to us is the truth, is the truth. This is what St. Paul says to us today. We have to accept this truth because for us, he says, St. Paul says, what are we doing? You're Christians, but for you, stomach is your God. You don't really believe. You accept, yes, but you continue to live as though he was not there, and yet he offered himself to you and for you. And he's inviting us to believe, to accept it, to accept him who's present here. That's the transfiguration for us today and is real, but we have to often close our eyes to see the truth, to know the truth and all the love, because what happens, we see around us, what is going on around the world, is that we see someone who is pursuing material goods. He doesn't care about people. He cares about ideology. He wants to have so-called this, 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 this nation of this, whatever you want to call, re, re, reconstituting earthly kingdom, and he's willing to kill. He's willing to, to kill innocent people, doesn't matter. You see, this is what happens to us. Sometimes we're willing to, to sacrifice somebody else's life to attain what, what, what good we have. Mother Teresa would always say, look at what we're doing for our convenience, for comfort, whatever it may be. We're willing to offer a child that's not born in the womb. We, we wish to attain some good, do we think, and we can, we're willing to even sacrifice innocent life for that, we're, to attain good, we are willing to step over people, to willing, if we're some other types of material goods, we are willing to, to destroy somebody's good name. All those things which, which you know, we can do, we are, we're, we're capable of doing, because sometimes we're so blinded by our own needs, by our own desires, wishes, that this is what happens. We see the world in which we are. How do we confront? What do we do? The invitation is faith. The invitation is to follow God. The invitation is to transform, be transformed by the power of God. This is St. Paul says to us, we're not able to do so, but Christ in us, Christ in us, the Eucharist in us is capable of transforming us. We know this, we're here, we're believers. We know that this is true. I, I've seen, I, I'm, I'm a witness to so many people because they tell me the life of, they get themselves stuck in addictions, in problems, difficulties, you know, in, in new agey stuff, whatever it may be. They get trapped and it does not bring them happiness. It brings them misery, but then they realize they can't break out. They live in fear, worry. They fear in, 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 in these types of trappings. But the, the, but the Lord says to us today, accept 
the gift that I wish to give you myself, except the gifts that come from believing, from faith. I am the one who has overcome the world. Embrace, become, enter into very, my, my very being, and I'll be your strength. How many times I would have to say to people who are confronted by, by evil, and he says, run, run into the heart of Christ. Run into his heart. And, and you are safe there. The evil one cannot enter. He may be barking at you from outside, whatever it is, but you're safe. You're safe in his very presence, in his very body, in his very heart. He's there for you. He's there for us. And he gives us the capacity to know him, to love him, to serve him. He gives us the capacity to find confidence in him. You know, the whole message of divine mercy is, is place your confidence in me. I have overcome the world. I am there for you. And so this is the invitation for us is to, to embrace him again and again, because what it is, is we can't do it alone. We know that. We're not capable of, of living life of, of, of fidelity or even of anticipation of trust unless we anchor ourselves in a gift of, of faith, in a gift of God who's there for us. And God, as we see, is true to his promises. He was true to his promises to Abraham. And we see 4,000 years of what these promises meant. We're here because of those promises which Abraham accepted. We're here because 2,000 years Jesus came to this earth and he offered his life for us. And it's not just a historical reality, but since, God, since Jesus is the Lord God, the reality of his sacrifice is here with us. It's, it, it never ends because it's, it's, it's in God there's no time. And his, uh, the efficaciousness of that sacrifice is here. So we can tap on, we can allow that Lord to enter us, to be with us. And then from that moment on, we can walk the journey with him. We can speak to him each moment. I am here. These are the difficulties, these are the problems. Lord Jesus, we invite you to come into our world today fully, into the world of those who, have, who wish to follow the path of evil, path of violence to attain good, material good, glory, whatever it may be. We ask you to come. This is why you know, the Holy Father is asking us to pray, offer our prayers, rosaries for, for, the, for the resolution overcoming this evil which is taking place in Ukraine and in many other places, but especially Ukraine, power of prayer, allowing Jesus to enter this world of ours, asking him to come to transform the hearts of those who are so blinded by their own material or whatever it may be, goods, Jesus, we ask you to come to us. May, may your very presence, transfigure presence here on the altar. May it become and give us the power to, to transform ourselves, to be transfigured into the image of your son, that we may be sons and daughters of yours, that we may be like you, that we may have that power to act on behalf of others through your power, that we may be truly holy, that we may attain the kingdom that you call us and invite us to enter your paradise. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. 
Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.